as we are passing the offering plate here tonight, if you want to grab your Bible, we're going to turn to the book of Haggai. Haggai, this is, uh, I, I taught from this last Wednesday night. We don't have a, a handout as I do on occasion for our Wednesday night Bible study, but uh, we're just going to go right here from the book of Haggai, just a few scriptures uh, in chapter number one, and then we'll pick up a couple in chapter two as well. So Haggai chapter one, if you've got that in your Bible, uh, if you're searching for Haggai in your Bible, it is one of the last books of the Old Testament. So real close to the end of the Old Testament. Chapter one is where we will be. So beginning in verse 13, it says, then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. Those are good words to hear, right? When, when God is speaking to you and he says, I am with you, that's a, that's a good message to hear from God. I'd much rather hear, I am with you than I am against you, which God, he said those words on occasion to his people. I'm against you right now because of your uh, your rebellion, but uh, he in this moment tells them, I am with you. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel. He was the governor of Judah. So this was the leader of, of Judah and, and Jerusalem. And the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. And the spirit of all of the remnant of the people. And they came and they did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. And then let's just pick up in Haggai chapter 2. We'll read verse, actually let's read verse 3 and 4 of Haggai chapter 2. It says, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Again, God says, I am with you. So last week we began into this, it began in this book, and we talked all the way back to when King Solomon built for God the most magnificent temple that could ever be created. People came from all over the earth to see this beautiful temple that was built there in Jerusalem. And it was uh, this, this temple that was, was meant to be a place where they could come and they could worship God. It was the replacement of the, the old tabernacle of the, uh, that, that Moses had constructed and that David had set up during his, his time as king. But not long after Sol- King Solomon died, we saw that the people, they turned away from God. And, and as people often do in difficult times, they got distracted. And sometimes, even for ourselves, we get sidetracked at times. We find ourselves making excuses and justifications for no longer making God's house a priority. You know, this, this is just, it's part of our human nature that sometimes we, we get a little complacent or we, we allow our priorities to shift. 
And these people, the people of God, they turned away from God. They started worshiping idols. And, and you know, we, we think about that. It's like, how in the world could these people, God's people, turn to idol worship? You know, they, they'd seen all the things that God had done for them. Or they'd heard in generations past of all the things that God had done for them. And, you know, we, we, we see that, you know, in just these little trials that come their way. And it's like, you know, how, how could you turn away to these idols? But then I kind of reflect on my own life. We look at our own lives and we say, how could we, after all the things God has done for us, allow little bumps in the road, a little trial, a little sickness, it's been a couple of years, but a pandemic that comes our way. And all of a sudden, we're no longer worshiping God like we should. The reality is, we are wired for worship. We were created for worship. And so, something is going to be worshipped in our life. We're going to have our attention on something and give that our worship. And, and we, don't, we may not create massive statues of gold any longer, but that doesn't mean that we don't have idols in our life. Or at times we don't allow things to become idols in our life. You know, it could be money. It could be our career. It might be relationships that become an idol. Or, or having, even, even having good health can become an idol. I'm being, being somebody who, who you pour everything, pour all your energy into, into being healthy and exercise and all of this. Not to say that it's a bad thing. Not to say any of these things are bad things. But they can become idols in our life and, and our hearts can turn away from God. Our priority can turn away from God at times if we, if we are not careful. And so for the people of, of Israel, God allowed these series of events to take place to bring their focus back to Him. And we talked about all this last week, but the destruction of the temple happened in 587 BC. This is when King Nebuchadnezzar, the, the king of, of Babylon, they came in, they destroyed Judah, Jerusalem, and they took some of the people captive. They were captives for 50 years. And then you can imagine their sense of relief when after those 50 years, uh, this is 50 years after the destruction of the temple, 70 years after uh, the, the captive captivity of the people. But there, after 50 years, this, this temple had been destroyed. And they are given the okay to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the city. Rebuild the house of God. And you can imagine for themselves how excited they would have been at the prospect of being able to do this. And, and so this, you know, this destruction of the temple was one of the lowest points in their history. It was one of the lowest points for them as, as uh, Jewish people, as God's people, to see this, this magnificent temple destroyed. And, and here they are now being allowed to go back and to rebuild the, the city, rebuild the temple, and rebuild their homeland. And the first priority for them was to build the house of God. But we talked about this last week, how, how a little bit of opposition came from the Samaritans, and they stopped building the house of God, and they started building their homes instead, and you know, just doing, the, doing those things. And, and, and Haggai comes along, and he says, hey, it's time to get back to the first priority. It's time to get back to building the house. Let's build the house. And that's the series that we're in. Build the house. And so 
That was 14 years, 14 years that they had allowed the temple to just sit there while they're working on their house. And, and so Haggai is, is telling them, we need to get back to building the house of God. And so for us, you know, we can, we can do some of this, these same things. A little bit of resistance comes our way and we back down. A little bit of resistance comes and we, and we would rather retreat to what is familiar than to go and to do something that we know it's what we're supposed to be doing. Even if the familiar means captivity. Even if the familiar means bondage. We, we can retreat to that. I mean, just, just think back to the, the people of Israel when they were uh, escaping Egypt. <laughs> they ran into like, you know, hardship, you know, a little hardship here or there. And I say little, I, these, these are big things. Like, we don't have food. That's, that's a big hardship. We're starving. And, and they're saying, Moses, you brought us out here to die. Let's go back. We'd rather go back to the bondage where at least we had food. And, and, but that was familiar. When instead God is saying, hey, I brought you out with a miraculous, you know, all these miraculous signs, one after another, ten plagues that came. You saw the Red Sea parted. You don't think that I could provide food? And God provided food for them. He provided the manna. They, they start uh, they start again complaining about that. God provides the quails for them and, and God provides for them over and over and over. But for them, they kept wanting to retreat to the familiar, kept wanting to retreat to that place of bondage. And, and this is again, the same thing that we see happening here with the people. Now they're running up against some opposition. And so they're retreating to the, to the place of, uh, of just not doing what God had called them to do. And so and so here's, here's what I want us to know tonight is that your destiny is greater than your history. You don't have to be defined by the pain that is in your past. Because God can use what the enemy meant for evil to produce great good in your life. And your destiny is greater than your history. But it's hard to remember that when we're under attack. And that's why God raised up the prophet Haggai to call the people back to the task at hand to, and, and not just to focus on their houses, but instead to focus on God's house and to put God first. And so we're going to pick up there in the story with that context in mind. And there's a little phrase in the, the, the scripture that I, uh, that I opened with where God says, I am with you. And this is good news. I am with you. That in the middle of our trials, that in the middle of our storms, that in the middle of sickness, in the middle of stress, God says, I am with you. Verse 14, it said, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. He stirred up the spirit of Joshua. He stirred up the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. God was 
stirring up the spirit of the governor. He was stirring up the spirit of the high priest. He was stirring up the spirit of all the people that were there. And this is what God wants to do in our lives today. He's still doing this. That He wants to stir our spirits up. He wants to give us a little bit of hope. He wants to give us some desire to get through tough things. He wants to give us a longing to accomplish something that he has put in your spirit. And he stirs us up. He wants to, he wants to give you a little bit of an ump of saying, hey, we're going to get this done. We're going to do this. We're going to make it. And God was doing that for the people here, uh, in, in this book of Haggai. He gave them this sense of faith. He gave them this sense of hope. He gave them a, a word of encouragement to say, hey, I'm with you. Don't forget that I'm with you. Some opposition may come, but I am with you. And here we are today. We are supposed to rebuild the temple. Here we are today. We're supposed to be rebuilding the house. We're supposed to live our lives for something that's greater than here and now. We're supposed to leave a legacy for our children. And you look to them. That's, that's, that was the whole goal for them. They're, leave a legacy for your children. Let's do something that is going to give them some hope. That's going to give them a hope of her future. You know, this is bigger than us today. Well, this is bigger than just us in the room right now. I want to build something that's, that's going to last. I want to build something, a foundation of, 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 uh, you know, a foundation that's built on faith for my family. I want my family to have faith in God and to have a strong hope that God is going to see me through. And that's, and that's going to last. That's a, that's a lesson that they can learn that they're going to carry with them. This is bigger than just going through the motions. It's bigger than just getting by. And so God, he wants to stir your spirit up today about the things that he's, he's trying to speak into your life and, and to stir some men up and stir some women up. You know, stir up some young people to say, hey, I have a purpose and I have a destiny where God is bringing me. And I don't want to just let it go by the wayside because I face a little bit of opposition. So the story, it goes on like this, that, that they did when, when Haggai came to them. They did start building the temple. And they said, God stirred us up. We can do this. We're going to build, God, this amazing temple. We can do this. But one month later, one month, and guess what happens? They quit. <laughs> they had one of their big religious festivals and all the people, they come, they come, you know, it was just, you know, the thing they always did, they would come to the temple. And so all the people who were there, they come, and, and when they gather around the temple, they're like, is this all there is? Like, this is pathetic. I, like, this, this temple, you guys have been, been working on this temple, and, and this, is, this is all the progress that you've made? And all of a sudden, everybody who had been building gets discouraged. They're embarrassed. And they're like, hey, we're, we're giving it our best. And you don't like it. And so, you know what, we're just going to quit. And we can do the same thing. We can, we can be so gung-ho. Like, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to go and do the thing that God had called me to do. And then just a little bit of discouragement. And we're like, eh. Maybe I wasn't cut out for this. Maybe 
I, uh, maybe I can't do this. And this, this bleeds into other areas of our life, right? Anybody ever, in here ever tried to get out of debt? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to get out of debt, going to get out of debt, going to get out of debt. And then one month later, you're like, eh, I don't know. This is kind of hard to live in such a way that I'm going like, to climb out of debt real quick. Maybe this is a little more like everybody in here at one time or another has gone on a diet. It's like, I am going to, I'm not going to eat one Oreo. And then that one double stuffed Oreo, like, comes half price, half price there at the store. And it's like one month later and you're like, ah, man, that's a great deal. (laughs) I've got to have that. All right, it's actually probably even more likely that somebody like just brings food in. You got that carry in? Anybody like have that happen when uh, like a day when you're fasting? It seems like every time when you fast, it's like a carry in at work. They bring all this this good food, and it's like, man, what's the deal? What's the deal with this? And so, uh, is, is there anybody? I'm not even going to ask. Let's say, is there anybody that that uh, that you've like stopped your fast because that food just looked really good? Yeah. God will understand. God will understand. Or, or you go to the gym and you're like, I- I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to go to the gym. And this is, you know, typically like a January kind of commitment. And by February, the gym is empty. One month later, well, a little bit of discouragement or just a little bit of time passes. You realize, hey, this is not going exactly like I hoped that it would be going. And so this is the kind of thing that's happening to the people of God. That they're, they're doing this thing for God. They're getting back on task to what God had called them to do. They're building the temple. They're like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to build the temple back. I remember what this temple was like in January. They're there and, and they're getting all, all gung ho about this. And then a month later, and, and it's like, eh, I don't know that we can keep on going. I don't know that we can keep doing this because the progress that we were hoping to see isn't there and they allow discouragement they allow frustration they allow disappointment all those things to get in their crawl and to stop them from doing the thing that god had called them to do and so god tells haggai to ask them this question and to me it's it's really it's a loving question it's full of grace it's almost like God is trying to get to the root of their discouragement. And, and if you're discouraged today, I don't know, perhaps you're discouraged because of, you know, one of the two reasons that we find revealed in this question that, that God is, is going to have Haggai ask. He says, it's in Haggai chapter two, verse three. We read it already, but you're going to read this again. He says, who of you is left? Who, who is left among you? That saw this house in its first glory. So that's question number one. Of all you guys who are, who are building this temple and you want to give up right now. How many of you saw the house when, it's, when it was in its first glory? How many of you saw the temple when it was in its first glory? And now how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as Nothing. So you have this two questions, two things. One is these these causes for discouragement. The one is comparison. And we compare ourselves so often. And that can stop us dead in our tracks. The second issue is this lack of progress. 
So comparison and lack of progress. And these people, they're, they're doing the same thing that we often do, that they were comparing their start with someone else's finish. Here they are, one month in to rebuilding this temple, and there he's asking them. God, God prompts Haggai to ask them about how many of them had seen Solomon's temple, which was finished, which was a beautiful thing. And, and now it, what, he's, what he's doing is he's asking that because he wants to know how many of you saw that in its finished state, and now you're comparing what you have now to what you saw before. Now they just started... And they're like, our temple doesn't look very good. We, we remember how glorious Solomon's temple was. And, and, and it was so much better than this pile of stones that we have in front of us right now. And so Haggai, who's here, he's, he's probably in his mid-70s when he's, when he's writing this book. Which means that about 50 years before he was, uh, the, the 50 years of captivity, he had seen that, that temple it was very likely that, that Haggai had seen Solomon's temple himself. He knew how beautiful Solomon's temple was. He knew how amazing of a building this was. And, and Solomon's temple, it was, it was not to be compared with anything. And here he is now. He, he's seeing them in this, this pile of rocks. And they're starting to, to clear it out. They're starting to build. And he's, he knows himself that what he's, what's in front of him doesn't compare at all to what it was before it was torn down. But it's going to try to get to something with them, which is stop comparing what you see in front of you right now with the finished product of something that was before. So he's got, here he is, in, he's got this, you know, we, we can have this attitude of like, man, they've got this big house, they've got a nice car, they've got, a great job, a better job than me. They're, they're, you know, here I am. My car barely runs. I'm, I'm renting in a bad neighborhood. You know, whatever, whatever the deal is for ourselves, and we can, we can compare so many things in our life and get discouraged. Any moms in here who it's like, man, her house always looks so perfect. Her kids always look so put together. They go to school with fresh baked cookies in their. In their bag every day, they, their clothes even match. My kids, you know, my kids—they're they're lucky. They—they they got dressed. I, I think they had pants on today when they went to school, which was good. Uh, they forgot their lunch money, or they forgot—I forgot to pack their lunch. And, and you know, they're—they're they're failing classes, and you know, it's like everything's a disaster for myself. When we can compare all these things, and it's like, man, I, I'm not as good of a parent as they are. I'm not as good. Uh, I'm not as good of a spouse as, as that person over there is. And, and we can compare. And, and, and social media makes this like 10 times worse, 100 times worse. You compare. And, and you're, you're just like, man, I'm seeing the highlights of their life and I'm comparing my life with them. Our, our, our pathetic little attempt, attempt at like building up this little thing here, we compare it to them over there. And we feel like a failure. You feel discouraged. And that's what they were feeling in that day. They're feeling discouraged. They're feeling like a failure because what they were trying to do didn't compare at all to Solomon's temple. But then there was this other issue, which was their lack of progress. And this is what they did. They're like, okay, we're, we're a month into this, and this is not going well. We're trying really hard, but we're not getting anywhere. And 
Think, think back to the time when you went on a diet. And you're like, I'm on a diet. I'm going to get in shape. All I'm going to eat is kale and almonds. And you do it for a week and you're like, why did I just gain two pounds? That doesn't make sense. You know, we, we do these things that at times where we're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, to, you know, really commit to this. And then we don't see the progress right away. And we get discouraged. Maybe you start a business and, and, and you're like, this is going to be great. And then you take two steps forward and all of a sudden it's like three steps backwards. Or you look at somebody else's spiritual walk and you compare yourself to them. You're seeing your own lack of progress. And you think, man, I've been a Christian for a while now, and yet here I am still making the same mistakes that I, that I used to make. Well, what's the deal? It's like, and here I am, I, I was coming to church tonight, and, I was, and we were yelling at each other on the way to church, and, and that's why we're, and we're late, and we're, we're barely getting in here. You know, what's the deal with me? Look at them over there. They've got everything together. And I bet... I, I can bet you that, that other people at church, that they, they're probably in the same boat that you are. Their life, and it's not that we're trying to put on a fake life or any of that or put up, put forward a, 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 you know, something fake. Um, but, but the, the whole idea is let's stop the comparison game. Let's stop the comparison game. Let's stop saying, well, they're ahead of me or they're, you know, you know, they have this and I don't have it. Now, because, you know, I, I'm trying so hard to overcome that sin. And, and, and you look back and you're, and you're going, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time and I'm still dealing with that sin. And you're getting so discouraged. And I'm going to be honest with you because, because I want you to hear my heart that, that even myself, I live, I live in, with discouragement in my life. It's usually just like low grade stuff. Every once in a while, some middle grade or some high grade things that of discouragement that'll come my way. You know, one of the biggest things that I, that I deal with though is, is just having some discouragement that, that comes my way. And, and, and you can feel this, you know, discouraged at times when, you know, with my, my own disobedience to God at times. It's like, man, I, I can be discouraged as a disciple of Jesus Christ that to me as a pastor that I still might have some bad days and that discourages me. Or after, after this message tonight, I'll be like, man, I should have said that or I shouldn't have said that. And I'll be thinking about all those things. And, and I, and I wonder, you know, was this person even listening or was, was this person online? You know, were they watching this? They really should have been here. And you can have all these things that it's like, I have this sense of responsibility that, that I have. And, and I'm, I'm wondering, you know, do I measure up? Am I, am I, and you can get discouraged at this. And if I'm just being, just being honest, you know, I try hard, but, but a lot of times it feels like, feels like you know some of the effort it's not working some of the effort it's, it's not not happening and and we look around at the church it's like man this is not it's not growing as quickly as i want it to or it's you know why why are we still at this state and and, and i'm not saying that i'm this, this sounds like i'm always discouraged i'm really not but there's those times I, i'm actually very uh very encouraged with where we are at but but there are times still where discouragement comes in because because the lack of progress and it's discouraging. And, I, and I'll work on, work on sermons and you know, I'll try to bring God's, to li- God's word to life in, in certain ways and to preach it in a way that we, that we catch it and, and that we're, we're motivated by it. And sometimes, you know, like there's no, no response to it. And, and so for me, it's, you know, there's, there's those discouraging things that can happen. And the reason I'm saying this 
here tonight is, is not for you to like go pick out the, the Hallmark card and send it to me and say, it's all right, Pastor, everything's going to be okay. The reason I, I'm saying this tonight is just, I, I'm trying to put myself on a, on a level playing field with you and just say, hey, we all face discouragement. We all face these things that where it feels like we have lack of progress going on in our lives. And so that's what they were feeling. They, they were feeling this discouragement because things were not progressing as quickly as they hoped that they would, as they thought they should. And that's when God comes in and he begins to speak to them. It was in verse 4, Haggai chapter 2, verse 4. He just asked them these questions, that question that was pointing to their comparison, the comparison trap, the second question of their lack of progress. And he says, yet... Be strong, O Zerubbabel. Be strong, O Joshua. Be strong, all the people of the land. And work, for I am with you. Be strong and work. Be strong and work, for I am with you. See, when you're discouraged and you want to give up, what do you do? God says, be strong and do the work. Be strong and get to work. It's going to be all right. I'm with you. When you're discouraged and you want to give up, the great news is that we don't have to be strong on our own power. Because we live in the New Testament today. And we have the power that is of the Holy Ghost. Where He can give you strength. And His strength is perfect. His strength is it, it's, it's perfect in our areas of weakness. He can come in and he can be your strength and he can come in and that the, the Holy Ghost can come in and, and, and get you through those hard moments, those times when you want to give up. Because here tonight, I have a supernatural strength dwelling within me. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is that same spirit that's inside of me and I have the strength. That doesn't mean that you don't, you don't still face discouragement, but we have the strength to get through anything. You are strong. When you lean on Jesus Christ, you are strong. When you lean on him in your tests and your trials, you are strong. When you feel like there's no progress, lean on him. Get to his words. Get to your knees and pray. You'll find strength. So he says, be strong. Be strong. And do the work. What's it mean, do the work? Well, before them was, in front of them, it was just a bunch of piles of stones. Do the work. He said, put down another stone. Grab another stone. Set it up where it needs to go. Just put another stone down. It may not seem like that stone made much of a difference. But be strong and put down another stone. Oh, but it's, it's not really doing much. Just be strong and do the work. Grab another stone, put it where it needs to go, put the mortar in there, let's build the house. When it feels like, oh, but this is, this is nothing compared to what I've seen before, grab a stone, put it there, put the mortar in, and let's build the house. Let's just grab another stone. Let's put another stone down. See, when it's really easy to give up, when it's really easy to go home, and, you know, instead of, or stay at home instead of go to church, keep coming to church. Be strong. Put down another stone. 
Let's go to work. When it's really, when it's really easy to just, just keep back the, you know, the tithes, you know, this is one thing that, um, that we've talked about is, is, is tithing and, and giving to God and, and some, some have made that commitment to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start tithing for the first time in my life. And, and yet they found, they found that it's not as easy as they thought it would be, uh, at first because they, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a test. We talked about tithing as a test and, and there's a test on your end of just trusting God. And, and when sometimes we give up with that, but when you want to give up, let's keep trusting God. Let's put down another stone. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. One step at a time. Keep trusting God. Let's put down another stone. Don't give up on the things that God has spoken to you to do. Oh, but you're saying, I'm, incur- I'm, I'm discouraged, Pastor. Well, that's okay, because that's what this message is for. It's for when we are in a place of discouragement. It's not to say that I'm going to all of a sudden take a leap and be at the end, and, all, and this temple is going to be built. Let's put down one more stone. One little brick at a time. When it's like, man, my kids are not catching any of this. Keep teaching your kids the word. Keep living a life of holiness. Right? Put down another stone. When, when it's uh, us and we're like, man, my, my, my marriage is, seems like it's, you know, just, it's, it's hard. It's just hard right now. We're in a hard, tough season right now. Love your wife. Love your spouse. Be faithful to them. Show, show up. Do the work for your marriage. Keep working. Lay down another stone. When it's just you and, and you don't have anybody else at home. And, and, and it's, you've got to make that decision to say, you know, I am going to do this. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep the faith. It's not, it's, it, I can't, I can't lean on somebody else to, to make sure that I'm going to get up out of my bed today. Keep going. Put down another stone. Keep going. God has a work for you. God has a purpose for you. You are created for this very season right now. That God still is working on you. That God still wants to do something in your life. Be strong. Put down another stone. This is what God is trying to speak to somebody today. That it's not about trying to build, build something or build the end result right when you're in the middle of the discouragement. Because when we feel like we need to compare the former house, the old temple, to what we have in front of us right now, we're going to just stop the work. And that's exactly what the people did. They stopped the work. They're like, we're, we're not going to do this anymore. We can't do this. We're just going to go back because, because everything that, that we were building here, it doesn't compare at all to what was before. And so that's why it's really interesting when we get down to verse 9 of, of Haggai chapter 2. When we see here this, this God, again, speaking through Haggai, says that the glory of this temple... The glory of the latter house. It's going to be greater than that of the former house. (laughs) And in this place, I will give peace. The glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former house. In other words, the temple that you guys are constructing right now, it's going to be better. It's going to be greater than the temple that came before it. 
The thing that you're doing right now, it's going to be even greater than anything that, that happened before. And, and, and if you're like Haggai, he's like, I saw that temple when I was 20 years old. I saw that temple and it was beautiful. And God is saying that the, that the latter house is going to be greater than the former house. But that's really interesting because historians would say that Zerubbabel's temple wasn't even close to Solomon's temple. That when you're comparing it by standards of, of beauty, it did not even compare. See, in the Old Testament, people had to go to the temple. They had to make a sacrifice in hopes of being right with God. The New Testament, God says, now those who are followers of Jesus, you are actually the temple of the Holy Spirit. That your body is the house where God dwells. Now, You don't have to be strong and do the work on your own. You don't have to do all this by yourself. You do it because he is with you, because he is in you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right? I'm thankful that I have him in me. And I can I can always be confident that I have the strength that's needed to get through any test, through any trial. I may feel like giving up, but if I lean on him, I am going to be able to get through. And I'm just, here's, here's the deal. Just keep putting down one stone at a time until it's built. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus dwells within you. The glory of this temple will be the glory of this temple right here. The glory of the temples that are right here. The glory of the temple of this temple will be greater than the former house. That Jesus is the greater glory who dwells within us. That every time that you put a stone down in his name, you are glorifying Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm coming to a close here right now, but that strength that we have, that strength that we have tonight, when you serve somebody, when you as the temple of the Holy Ghost Go and you keep on walking through the tests and the trials. You are building the greater house than that which came before it. You are glorifying God. When you are, are the one who, who chooses to love somebody, you're building a greater house than the former. When you forgive somebody, God is being glorified by that. You're laying down one more stone. You're doing it even when it's hard. When you lift up his name, he's being glorified. When you, when you are discouraged today, remember that God came to you, that he made a sacrifice so that you could be right with him. And he is in you today. I believe that here tonight, that God wants to stir up his church. That God wants to stir up his church, and, and I'm not, not talking about in a, uh, in a way where we're up, up in the altars dancing all around, although I believe that that's always appropriate, you know, to come and to, to lift up the name of Jesus and to get excited as we worship him. But he wants to stir up something in us to say, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on putting one, one stone on top of another. That if you're discouraged today because of comparison, if you're discouraged today because you feel like you don't measure up, Maybe I'm speaking to somebody who's watching this on live stream today and, and you feel like, man, I, I haven't been to church and I don't know, I don't know the last time I stepped foot in church. 
you feel like you don't measure up, I want you to know that all it takes is just putting one little stone, one little step. Don't feel like you have to take the giant leap to get to where you want to be. God is asking for one more stone. Let's pick up one more stone and let's put it there. Let's get to work. He is with you. He is, going to be, he is going to be right there with you every step of the way. Let him stir up something in you that's going to say, I'm going to at least take another step. I'm at least going to keep on going. I'm not going to stand still. I'm not going to give up. Amen. Can we stand all over in this place? Jesus' name and Jesus' name. Amen. If we could just finish this out here tonight with just our hands lifted up. We're just going to ask God to give us the the courage, to give us that encouragement to keep on going. And if you've ever felt, fell into that trap of discouragement, if you've ever fell into those, those traps of comparison or of feeling like you don't have the progress that you want, Jesus, I pray that you would just give us the strength, God, that you would help us to just keep on going, that you would help us to put one more stone on the, on the temple, Lord, that we would keep on taking one more step, God, in our faith in you. Lord, I pray that here tonight, God, that you would give us, Lord, also that spirit of encouragement to encourage somebody else, Somebody else who wants to give up. Somebody else who wants to throw in the towel. Let us be a Haggai. God, I pray that you would raise up some Haggai's in this place. That they would just tell somebody else, God is with you. Don't give up. Let's keep going. God, give us that spirit. God, give us that spirit of encouragement. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Amen.